Welcome to the Machine Learning and Healthcare Podcast by Skin Analytics. I'm your host, Neil Daly, and this is where you can hear all about how machine learning technology is changing the world of healthcare. This week, we're going to talk about how to build clinician trust in the use of AI products. This is a critical aspect that many people overlook. It's one thing to have a technology that can really deliver some clinical utility. It's another thing for that technology to deliver that value. And the difference between the two, in many cases, comes down to how well the clinicians interact or engage with the technology that you have. Artificial intelligence in particular is something that uh, is very scary for many clinicians because of the way that it works. It's based on statistics uh, rather than intuitive ideas. And it's very hard to explain why the answer was as uh, it is. You might have heard us speaking in a previous podcast about the idea of how do you know that it works and how the statistics give you that answer? Well, that is very true, but the flip side of that is that we have to get our clinicians comfortable with how the AI works and what the value that it brings. And today to explore that topic, I've asked Finn Edridge, who's our product director, to join us and share some of the work that he's doing. So Finn, would you mind introducing yourself and giving us a little bit of your background? Sure, yeah, thanks Neil. Yes, uh, I'm Finn Edridge. I'm product director here at Skin Analytics. So it's my job to build our AI tech into products that have real clinical and health economic value and um, help keep improving them so we can help more people survive skin cancer. My background in um, digital product development and uh, previously in, in healthcare systems integration. So I've had a long-standing interest in this area. So it's, um, it's really exciting to be working on this, um, on this topic. And um, in terms of building clinician trusts, we can start with the questions of why is, is trust important? Well, um, we need clinicians to act differently. In order for our technology to make a difference and in order for us to cut down the number of unnecessary referrals from primary care to secondary care, we need them to act on the results of our skin assessment when it says that a patient doesn't need to be referred. So in their experience, uh, a GP might be used to referring patients if, if they're slightly uncertain about what's, um, what's happening. And um, they'll use the nice guidelines which exist to help them do the right thing. But we need to change the way that they behave. Otherwise, dermatology departments are increasingly going to be swamped with patients, many of whom don't need to, to be there. And then we're hoping we can achieve roughly 50% reduction in referrals um, of, of patients to secondary care for suspected skin cancer. So that's really interesting, Finn. And, you know, coming from a background of working in, in sort of technology across a number of different sectors, uh, there's a huge industry in, in just focusing on change management. How do you introduce change into systems to get people to adopt it? And I wonder if you've got any thoughts about why in medicine that seems to be that much harder and take that much more time. Well, there's, I guess there's several, several factors. Um, ultimately, it's a, it's a people thing. Um, patients need to trust their clinicians and clinicians need to trust the tools that they use. And in healthcare, uh, clearly people are quite risk averse and um, there needs to be strong evidence in place for tools that people use. Um, so healthcare typically as a, as a regulated industry is quite cautious in adopting new technology. And there's a bit of a, a chicken and egg challenge sometimes because in order to um in order to have a new technology you need the evidence but in order to have the evidence you need people to use the technology 
So working that through with um, initial sort of studies with early versions of products is, is key. And of course, that's what we've been doing at Skin Analytics. It's, um, that's, that's one of the key things I think about healthcare is just that understandable caution with adopting new technology and rightly looking for the evidence before, um, before jumping in. That's an interesting point because I, uh, you know, again, looking back into my past experience, uh, I've never once been asked for evidence for a change that we're planning uh, within a business process or anything like that. We've never been asked for evidence that that change is actually beneficial. It's just assumed that the changes are going to happen and that people have to, to buy into them and there's resistance and training and time and effort to, to make people change the way they do things. But you don't have that uh, initial well, where's the evidence that this is going to help? And I think that's a very healthy thing within healthcare. Uh, but I think it's something that, that is often uh, maybe misunderstood because it, it's not just, it's almost a hearts and minds campaign that you need to say, well, this change has the ability to deliver a benefit, but to get to that benefit, we're going to have to change practice. And here's the evidence to tell you that it's worth going through that effort. And trying to align people underneath that rather than expecting a sort of a top-down approach to really work in healthcare. And I think it still comes back to one of those really interesting dynamics within healthcare that, that is, uh, I think, one of the most interesting parts of it, to be honest with you. And that's that clinicians have a large degree of freedom to design the care that they want to give to their patients based on their experience and knowledge. And we see that in some negative ways in terms of there being a huge amount of variation in care pathways and outcomes for patients across different care uh, providers. But actually, it's also very positive because we're effectively on a large scale in a very safe way, A-B testing a number of different approaches to understand what works best. And I think the UK, amongst other uh, places, but the UK has always been good at leading at sort of evaluating the, the sort of the, the different approaches. We just haven't been so good at necessarily standardizing the best one. But taking us back to our topic, because I, I'm very prone to getting a little bit distracted, I, I guess one of the things would be interesting for you to share is uh, I know that at Skin Analytics, we, we prioritize this sort of relatively new area of work uh, for how AI can be interpreted and worked with uh, by clinicians. We've got a clinical advisory committee of dermatologists and uh, primary care researchers and population health experts. And we've got a machine learning advisory committee that's made up of researchers who focus on translating the, the artificial intelligence results into human uh, actionable results. But on top of that sort of governance structure and input we have in the business, maybe you could outline the work that we're doing with Imperial College. Absolutely, yeah. We're working on a one-year project with Imperial College at the National Institute for Health Research, London IVD Cooperative, and we're, uh, we've um, been running focus groups and research with various different stakeholders who are involved in skin care, sorry, skin cancer, um, whether it's dermatologists, GPs, um, to explore their attitudes to adoption of technology, to explore um, the various elements of our process from capturing images all the way through to getting results. So, um, and we've, we've been surveying various people as well at different stages. So it's a multi-stage process, really, really interesting exploring all the different factors that feed into trust and adoption of new technology. And um, one of the most interesting areas for me certainly is presenting the results back to clinicians in a way that they can understand um, and that they can use to have a conversation with patients and, and help um, help manage their care appropriately. 
So Finn, without giving away any of our secret sauce, I wonder if you can share an anecdote of one of the more interesting things that we've learned running those focus groups. So to uh, give you a bit of context, I think we had some, some clear assumptions about how best to share our information. But when we went out and spoke to the clinicians, they had a very different view. I wonder if you have anything that uh, you're comfortable sharing around that. Yeah, well, it's kind of a couple of things. Um, we'd assumed people would like very sort of specific information on the accuracy of the AI to be really clear about the evidence behind it and that sort of thing. Of course, they need that when they first adopt the technology, but in terms of getting the results back, GPs we spoke to would generally say they wanted probabilities expressed as high, medium or low. So really, really simple, which was a bit of a, a surprise for, for us. Um, so that's, that's one element. The flip side of that actually is in our testing, we found that the more information we showed them in the results about um, the assessment from the AI, the more richness of information we gave them, the more likely they were to trust the AI and side with it rather than siding with their own judgment in sort of marginal cases where we intentionally gave them some, some challenging or ambiguous images of skin lesions to see what they did. So um, yeah, there's a couple of things coming out of our, our human factors research. That's really interesting. It's good to know that doctors are humans after all. So they follow the same trend that humans have in terms of what they think they want and what they actually appreciate sometimes aren't always the same things. Absolutely. And back to your point about A-B testing as well, that's something that really keen to work us towards is uh, testing at different ways in our product of showing results and interacting with users and then getting that evidence in, in, uh, in real use and um, continue to move forward um, iterating. That would be brilliant. Hey guys, thanks for listening so far. Tune in next week for the next part of the conversation. Have a great week and I look forward to having you back.